0: Hello and welcome to episode number 106 of the Hobbies and Happiness Podcast, where we talk about the hobby that makes us happy, card games. I'm your host, Dan.
1: And I'm Jim. And today, we find out that there is a problem with card games.
0: Not just all card games, Jim. All card games, Specific fam.
1: card games that utilize a certain resource system. No, every single card game <laughs> in the world right now has a problem. <laughs> You know, actually,
0: you're probably not far off at all. Not I wrong. guarantee you there's <laughs> someone somewhere who would find a problem with every single card game. Exactly. So, Welcome to the internet. Yeah, right. So, all right. So, today we've kind of talked about this on the past couple of weeks, uh, but today we are talking about a uh, article written by Sam Black. Entitled Resources and Game Design. (laughs) So, with the recent prominence of Disney Lorcana um, and the resource system, uh, Sam does a very, um, he does an amazing job really succinctly putting down his thoughts on why he doesn't like games that utilize. Cards from Hannah's Face Down Resources. So we're going to dive, basically what, what we're going to do is we're going to read that the, the article in its entirety because uh, it's a pretty short article. Uh, and that way, it'll help our um, audio listeners who aren't watching uh, so they can get through the entirety of that article. And then we'll kind of go through our points because there's a lot in this article I agree with. And there's also a lot that I don't agree with, and Jim, you probably is probably in the same boat. <laughs> so, uh, but regardless, I think I think Sam does a really great job of uh, really putting down a lot of Magic players' thoughts, and I think not just all Magic players, but I think it's really Magic players who've been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and right. that's the vibe that I've gotten from when this article was written, and like the vibe from Twitter, kind of that I got. So, mm-hmm. but before we dive into that, we need to talk about our sponsor, Amazon Audible. If you head over to our affiliate link www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. You can sign up for a free 30-day trial of Amazon's Audible service. When you do, you get a free credit. That's right. One free credit added to your account that you can trade for a, an audiobook that's on the service. What's even better is if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get two free credits added to your account. That's right. Amazon Prime member, two credits for two free audiobooks. So you can use those credits, get whatever audiobook you want that's on the service, and they're yours forever. That's right. Even if you cancel, that subscription so if you cancel before the end of that 30 days you get to keep those credits onto your account so again www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness sign up for your free 30 trial of amazon audible today okay so i'm gonna admit um i mean i've kind of seen articles like this over the years but in all honesty i think this is one of the most well-written articles that i've seen written on the topic okay so we're just gonna dive right in um for if you're interested we will link the article in the description in the podcast notes wherever you're watching or listening that way you can access it as well it's over on eminence events so again the title is resources and game design by sam black so we're just going to go right into it so leads off with magic's mana system is largely the inspiration for how most tcgs balance cards in most games Cards cost variable numbers of resources, which you get from other cards. In Magic, you generally get those resources from lands that generally don't do anything other than give you resources. Mm -hmm. This means that you don't always draw the perfect number of lands, so your game doesn't always go according to plan. Many other TCGs fix this problem by allowing you to play any card, typically face down, as a resource. This minimizes player frustration in non-games where one player's deck doesn't function. Despite many games offering this solution, I'm among many players who choose to play Magic instead. It is... I think this is supposed to be a question, because it says it is just. I think it should be. Is it just because I started playing Magic first? Or because Magic's a larger game with better support? Or is there something to Magic's land system that's good? So... I think right off the bat, I think he does pretty much. A, he does a really good job of setting the yeah. stage. Right, yeah. he does a good job of setting the stage. Now, I do have to. I got to point out though. First, he does kind of recognize because he uses the word problem. Mm-hmm. Right, he said, and I think he specifically says it's uh, what. What does he say? Um, yeah, many other TCGs fix this problem, and the problem is your game not going according to plan. Right, yeah. so like, and I think every player. Would agree that that is the inherent problem. Happens
1: would, would, in every card game, r- a lot of
0: the time. Right, thing. right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, would you agree there, yeah. Jim? Okay. Yeah. So, does a good job of laying out the issue at hand, okay? Um, And then dives into it a little bit in this next paragraph, says, I believe that the, quote, problem caused by Magic's land system is a feature and that the specific, quote, solution of allowing other cards to be played face down as a resource is a big red flag for me when I learn a new game. So my first question would be, why is it a big red flag? And he dives into it, okay? says, this idea likely isn't new to you, but I want to go over the reasoning, and there I think I'm more likely to offer a perspective you haven't considered, okay? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much there, okay? But then, and then we go into it. He says, the strengths of Magic's land system. Now, the one place I wish he would have dove into, and we can save this to the end, but... He does. He talks about strengths, but he doesn't talk about the drawbacks, like yeah. the negatives, which yeah. I think if – and and that's where I think he's approaching it from a bias standpoint, which makes sense because, I mean, he's been playing Magic for a very long time.
1: Well, he kind of touches on it in the intro of just True. being like, oh, well, there's a problem of you're not playing the game. You're getting kind of like mana screwed. You're just not able to do what it is you're looking to do, and that's the problem.
0: Right. The I, I just wish he would – the way he goes into kind the strengths here, the yeah. way he, the way he succinctly brings out the strengths, I wish he would do the same for the negatives. Yeah. But that's that's near the here and there. Okay, so he kind of gives us let's see one two. He gives us about four points. Okay, yeah. it's it's really four main points. Okay, and so the first point he says lands are interesting cards. <laughs> Which okay, you got me. Like I agree, and and. Uh, And I don't think there's I don't think there's any arguing with this. Okay, so starts off, says there are a ton of different lands in magic that do interesting things. If cards get played face down as lands or if you just naturally get one extra resource every turn, those resources are all the same and have no context. The idea that you can choose which lands you want to play and get various small tradeoffs makes lands a really interesting part of the game. And I'll say this goes for any game that that utilizes specific resource cards. So I think he's 100% on point, and it's not unique to lands. It's just magic did it first. And so really, you lose that if you don't have resource-specific cards. Okay? Outside of the design possibilities and strategic considerations around lands, I think the aesthetic advantage can't be overlooked. 100% agree. As much as we can Okay, as much as we can just think of cards as game pieces, it's clear that the art and look of the cards matter. And when half of your cards are just face down sleeves or the backs of cards, the game just doesn't look as good.
1: What do you you think? Honestly, I've been saying this problem with Lorcana since I I noticed it. I was like, oh, uh, everyone just has plain sleeves and their back row looks terrible. And I was even telling people, I'm like, make sure you get artwork sleeves and then a covering over it. Yep. Just so you can have something to look at. When I first
0: first heard about the resource system in Lorcana, you know, months ago, right? That was where my mind first went to is oh crud and and again like it's just it is what it is right and i'll tell you when i first got into magic okay i specifically bought boxes of unstable of the set unstable why you know why jim why uh because of the lands (laughs) because that was i think that was one of the
1: I think that was the main reason everyone bought it.
0: Uh, Yep. Um, I think that was one of the first bigger sets that had full art, like no border. There was like full art lands with no border around it, I
1: believe. Yeah, I believe so.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because I think the the previous on set did have kind of full art lands, but it still had border around it. Slight border, yeah. Slight border, yeah. So, the the, and that was again the main reason, well, the only reason I bought that (laughs) set because, again, that set is not like not standard legal, not anything legal. Yeah, but my goodness, those lands were nice, gorgeous, and they were worth a decent amount too, you know, (laughs) as far as lands go, (laughs) right? Yeah, and so I wanted all my decks to have the unstable lands, Mm -hmm. so and I still have, I still have a ton of them, so um. I mean, again, I cannot, I can't disagree. There's nothing here that I can disagree with, right? Um, And then his last paragraph here says, aside from that, while it can be nice to remove the mental burden of processing the details of your or your opponent's resources, removing all context or unique quality from those resources simplifies the game. That's not exactly a criticism, just an observation of a difference. Yeah. What do you think about that one? What do you think about that last paragraph
1: there? There have been a couple times where I'm trying to see how many resources you're at, and it kind of just all blends, all blends together. together. I'm like, yeah. how, does he have six? Yeah. And I don't just want to ask, yeah. right? you know, because then he could be like, oh, well, now he's figuring out how many lands I had to now consider what he's going to be playing. And I, I just don't want to play those mental mind games with uh, with things. But Asking how many cards in hand—that's a different question.
0: Well, and I think I think to his point as well. I think it because he says it simplifies the game. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I would even go as far as saying it. I think it oversimplifies yeah. the game, right? Which again, like that could be your goal. That could be what you're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. Because again, I think I, I think you do have to ask the, these questions of. Because again, I think this article really is coming at the standpoint of. Magic and Lorcana. Yeah. Two very different games and game systems. Yeah. One is supposed to be, uh for all for lack of a better word, convoluted, right? And one is supposed to be extremely simple. Right. Yeah. They're very they're very different games and game systems. Okay. Yeah. One's su- one is, I think, designed to be much more simpler, mm-hmm. right? And so I think like if that's what you're going for as a mechanic, then you know you've hit the mark, right? Yeah. Um, it just may not be what certain people are looking for, right? Yeah. Um, but, and again, he, he, he says in that last sentence, says that's not exactly a criticism. It's just an observation of difference, which again, 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So point number two, uh, choosing which and how many lands is an interesting aspect of deck building. Uh, yes, 100% correct. Yep. All right, so he starts off saying different decks have different requirements of, in terms of how many colors they need, how many colored pips they need, and how much total mana they need. Mm-hmm. And fine-tuning the trade-offs of playing more or fewer lands and choosing how many untapped lands versus how many lands with activated abilities, etc., you want to play adds a lot of depth to deck building. Again, I'm I'm gonna interject here and in saying. If you don't want to add that much depth, you simplify that resource. Like, you simplify that yeah. mechanic, yeah. right? And so, again, I, I think doing a great job at highlighting why he, you know, agrees or disagrees with these different systems. It, But, again, you have a player who is a very high-level player... And really digs into the nitty gritty of every single aspect of magic. Okay, yeah. and then when a game like Lorcana comes along, it's really trying to just chop, chop all this stuff off and just make it simpler. Okay, mm-hmm. and I mean they kind of they kind of succeeded, right? hundred oh, yeah, percent. All right. So next paragraph here says if all of your cards can be played as resources, such that you always have the exact amount of resources you expect, the way you use resources will be more uniform. Yes, some decks will play more cheap cards and either try to end the game sooner or play more ways to draw more cards, and some will play more expensive cards and try to play longer games, but you you lose a lot of novelty at the extremes. It's hard to find decks that have different curves or use resources in really different ways the way that magic decks where less than a third or more than half the deck is lands. What what do you think about that paragraph there, Jim?
1: <laughs> I uh, okay. It's just honestly like so when I was first reading through, I didn't get to this point. I think I got like halfway through or yeah. just yeah, the first couple paragraphs. Okay. And uh just just hearing the opposite end of wh- how these other mechanics are, you know, bad. I I shouldn't say bad. Right. Um but just uh, interesting aspects of deck building. Um this this kind of just is weird to me of of hearing it. Um, but,
0: but again, you you got you like know know the author. Like Sam Black yeah. again, like very much known to be high level thinker, very strategic and wanting it's like it it's like he wants things to be as complicated as possible. Yeah and again like i've followed sam for a while and he's and he he's he, he's a smart guy
1: yeah i mean clearly right yeah which and, which i think he also brings up in the article i don't i don't remember exactly of um if you make every single card resource, you now have to think about which card it is you're getting rid of, and then that also adds complexity to it. Right, which he doesn't like, like. So why don't Let's, you like that part? Well, right, right. It's in the middle Correct. of the game rather and, yeah, than and, and the we'll, Right, and we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> no, you're more problem solving than right. just, oh, right. my deck building is. Right.
0: Like that. this paragraph here, it's almost like... He's saying he wants deck building to be as interesting. I mean, I think, yeah. I think the best word is interesting. Yeah. Interesting from a deck builder's perspective. Okay. Yeah. And then the way he's written thus far, it the vibe that I get, and I think you're getting as well, is he wants it and he likes it when it's more interesting, more complicated. <laughs> yeah. But then we'll get into these later points where he's like, but I also want these things to be easy. <laughs> So you'll, you'll you'll see that here. And specifically
1: with Lorcana, not every card can be a resource.
0: Right. And he does and he does yeah. mention that.
1: Yeah. Yes. In other card games, everyone can be a resource, but specifically Lorcana. In some games, yeah. So yeah. it's not even like, oh, 100% of your deck can just be used as a resource. Mm-hmm. So now it's, well, 75% of your deck is most likely going to be a resource in right. Um, So, I mean, where does this number, is he looking for? Right. Less right. than 100? More than twenty five percent.
0: But again, and, and I think again, from a deck builder's perspective, yeah. If you're util, if you have cards that you can only can only be used as resources, like you know what you're like, you know what to expect. Yeah. And, and that and that from a mental standpoint,
1: yeah.
0: I, I think I think is huge. Okay. Yeah. And and will and we'll and he gets into that here, right? Mostly in this in this next these next two points, right? And this first one is. Is this? It's playing a land is easy. Here it is. <laughs> Here it is. The th- the this part I think is widely overlooked. Playing a land is easy. I don't think so. I don't think it's overlooked. I, no. I I think it's overlooked by some people, but I mean, like between you and me, and I know folks that we've talked to. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is not something that I've overlooked. Yeah. Okay. Choosing the order that you play your lands if you have a lot of different lands in your deck can occasionally be somewhat tricky, but for the most part putting a land into play is essentially a free action with regard to your mental burden. This lets you advance the game without making any hard decisions and leave your mental energy for the part of the game where you interact with your opponent. I I don't I don't disagree with anything he said no, there.
1: No. Do you? No, I just think it's semi contradicting, like we just talked about. Of oh, now it's you want this free <laughs> action wants on your this mental to be burden, easy. right? Come on, dude, <laughs> but you want to be calculating the perfect amount of right. lands and right. just like, come on, man, right? Got right. my face.
0: <laughs> so again, I agree with what he's saying. Yeah. It's just. I agree. It's like it's almost like a flip. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's kind of a flip.
1: And and I've jokingly said in the past before for Lorcana, just play bad cards that you're just going to utilize you're just as a resource, right? Which I do with the starter decks all the time. I'm like, I know exactly what cards right. I'm using in the background. Right. Right. And that's
0: like that's one perspective to take yeah. as a deck builder because yeah. again, with with trading card games, there's two I th- I think there's two different players you think about. You think about playing as a deck builder and yeah. then playing as a pilot. Yeah. And those and those in all honesty Two different sides of your brain. Yeah. If you're building, because I think a lot of like I love building decks. Mm-hmm. I and Jim and I were just talking before before we started recording this podcast. I was like, I've built so many decks uh, <laughs> just the past couple days in DC Dual Force. I've been building Lorcana decks. I've been building Alpha Clash decks. I'm excited to dive into Star Wars Unlimited. Yeah. Um, and and then in all honesty, I'm excited to just start. I'm excited to sh- show off all these decks and then just mm-hmm. do deck techs and. Get all these decks out there for you guys just to check out. And then honestly, like, show you the bad decks that I've built and saying, (laughs) here's a bad deck. okay?" But you got to build bad decks to build good decks. (laughs) But again, I mean, you're a theory crafter. When you build a deck, are you utilizing the same part of your brain as you are when you're piloting a deck?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Because now you have to find out either creative ways or now you already have a baseline of a deck and trying to figure out how to make it better. Mm -hmm. Um, So even the deck creation part is using just two different sides of, I want to make it creative, this base idea. Yes. What can I do? And now we're playing it. It's like, oh, well, now I need to fix these problems with right. it, so now I need to right. take it and start evolving right. it.
0: And, and uh, the way that I build a lot of decks is I have like an idea around a couple different cards. Yep. And I'm like, okay, here's the idea I have. How can I best build ways that synergistically just really abuse this interaction okay and that's normally how i like to build decks i when it comes to playing i enjoy playing mid-range combo combo style oriented decks like that's just my play style and those are the kind of decks i typically like to build around but if you're trying to build something competitive okay now i i'm thinking about this completely differently Mm. is there a metagame okay what is what is strong in the meta right now what cards and synergies and Effectively counteract these strategies. Okay, Um, it's it's so there's so many different ways you can do it. Okay, Um, and so that's why I say when you're talking about TCG, a trading card game, you're building a deck. That's one type of player, and piloting a deck, that's a completely different type of player. But I think to be a very good player here, you gotta be both. Yeah. Like, you do have to be both, because yeah. uh, you have to effectively pilot many different decks. And then from a competitive side, recognize what deck is going to give me the best chance at winning mm-hmm. this specific tournament.
1: Yeah, and aside from that, if you're playing a lot, the meta slowly changes over oh, yeah. time. It can be like yep. every single week. And there's it's, and they're incremental changes. changes. They're very incremental. Slight changes, slight changes. Yep. Maybe adding a card because, well, now this other deck, you're really expecting to see more of it at the tournament. So now you just, rather than playing in the sideboard, well, maybe you tech one you, into the main tech board. One in the main, yeah. Or maybe tech two into the main board because mm-hmm. you're really calling for this one deck to mm-hmm. be played a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then you see the, the top eight list or the number one deck list, and yep. it's like, Wait, why is this guy playing this is a sideboard card? Yeah. True, but not true, (laughs) but there's a reason percent of the decks at the tournament are this. (laughs) Right, right,
0: right. So, and again, Sam, I think he's very much a deck builder. He loves building decks. And I think this article kind of really showcases that, in all honesty. Okay. Which again, not it's not a bad thing. It's it's really not. It's he's pointing out why he prefers these different um, mechanics, right, Mm -hmm. with his experience, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so this next paragraph, he starts, says this is the biggest advantage, talking about playing a land essentially being a free action, not having to think about it, right? Which I understand, like I I agree, okay? So continues with not so much that playing lands is easy, but that playing a card face down as a land is hard, I mean, it's harder. I, I would agree it's harder. Yeah. Yes. Maybe hard isn't the right word for it. Maybe the better term is burdensome. I like that. Yeah. Before you play any card as a resource, you need to consider all your cards and how you expect that game to play out before you Before you can choose which card you're, mo- you're least likely to need. Mm-hmm. Often you'll have heuristics like playing your most expensive cards to land on the first turn, but that won't always be right. And what if your most expensive card is a card your strategy revolves around? Or what if it's a rare card you believe is better than all your other cards? Mm -hmm. He makes a very good point here. 100%. Very, very good point. And and I want to add on to this, too, because I think... When picking up any deck in Magic, it's a whole lot easier to pick up any deck in Magic and start piloting it and testing yeah. it than it is in other games where you have to utilize cards in your hand as resources. Yeah. Why? Because in Magic, just like you said, it's e- playing land is super easy. I don't have to think. I have no idea what this deck does, but I know here are the lands and those are the resources. <laughs> I can figure everything else out on the fly. Yeah. But yeah. if I'm utilizing everything in my hand, essentially everything in my hand is a resource i don't know again if this is a deck that i've just picked up and i don't know what the strategy is Mm -hmm. i could very like i could be resourcing all of my most important cards and not know about it yeah and that's where it's like okay before i play this deck i need to know a little bit about it i'll have to go through this i'll have to if i don't have anyone there explaining to me what the deck is i have to go through okay what are all these cards okay, I think I've picked up on the strategy here mm-hmm. and then go from there. I, would you agree? What do you think? Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's super easy. I've talked in the past about why I didn't like playing Dragon Ball Super. Of You can use every single card as a resource, but in my mind, I'm like, this is difficult. All of these cards are good. I want them. I don't know which one to put down as a it is. resource, it is. and it's it was rough for me. So I stopped playing the game. It is, uh, and and it makes sense. But
0: right there, I just stopped playing the game. Yeah. How you're gonna that you're going to I I feel like you're gonna run into that man. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have some, I mean, when we played Alpha Class the other day, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, I built you a deck, but you hadn't seen it before you sat down. Like you hadn't seen it. So what? What was your experience like? Playing, picking (laughs) up that because you picked it up and started playing within five minutes. Yeah, Yeah. right. So what? Like what? What were some of the choices that were going through your head? Because you didn't really, you didn't really know what what was going on there. Yeah, I
1: wasn't. (laughs) um, Yeah, I had no idea. Didn't even like really go through and start reading all the cards, but. When we did the set review, I kind of just knew what they yeah, were. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so for me, I had a little bit of uh, history with the cards. Um, but playing through it, I didn't know exactly what card to be putting down. Yeah. I didn't know the exact cards Dan was playing. So I'm like, all right, well, I know I'm playing a little bit of a control deck. Right. So kind of let me be... Focused on drawing cards and dealing damage to cards,
0: and see, I didn't even, th- in all honesty, I didn't even think about that when I gave you the deck. I was just like, "Here, here's red, white. <laughs> it's like a control. Let's go." I didn't even think about it. Yeah, but like yeah. that's honestly. But luckily
1: for me, I have history with control stuff. So yeah, yeah I right, knew. right.
0: But but again, I think that's a good. I think that's a good lesson for anybody to take away. Yeah, like picking up and just playing a Magic deck. It's still not the easiest, but yeah. it's a lot easier a when lot you easier. have. Okay, here are my. I don't. I don't have to think about the resources. Yeah. It's just boom. Put down your resources. I'm good to go. Yeah. With yeah. everything else, you really have to get. You have to get a history. You got to know what your deck is supposed to do yep. before you can effectively pilot it. And yeah. so that's where that's where strengths and drawbacks come. From a deck builder and piloter standpoint. Yep. Again, I love building decks. I like to build all of my stuff. Even, even if there's a deck that I know is popular, what I tend to do is, okay, you're telling me, like, let's look at Lorcano. okay? Yep. Ruby Amethyst Control is a very popular deck. Beautiful. Okay, very popular <laughs> deck. Okay. I don't want to just take anyone's deck. I want to build it build it myself, yeah. okay? I, sure, I'm going to look at all what's out there, okay? I'll look at everything that's out there, but then I'm going to start putting together what I think is going to be an effective strategy based off of... I, like i am going to build my own shell essentially yeah. okay and then go from there okay yeah. there's plenty of people who just just give me the deck and then I'll go from there <laughs> yeah. and like that's that's a starting point yeah. like 100% that's an easy starting point that's just typically not how i like to start a deck
1: yeah I um, like I like going both routes with it. Sure, I'll just be I've like, "Oh, let me it. look at the list. Let yeah. me just get it. Blah blah blah. Throw it together." But then also creating the deck is just extremely fun. Um, it's,
0: satis- it's so satisfying. Yeah. It really is
1: because also how I see it is like, all right, if you if you net deck right, you're pretty much taking all. Oh wait, your... are we
0: talking about net decking, Jim? <laughs>
1: no. Well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like if much. you just find a list and you're piloting, or someone right, just gives right, you the right. deck, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, so which
0: net decking is not bad guys it's yeah. not bad
1: yeah it's it's kind of just like you're taking what the other person has already gone through yeah. like pretty much like reading a book of history of mm-hmm. all of this stuff that's already happened and put out there for you and going into the future from all right well now i can take this deck and evolve it from this point right and i don't have to worry about all this the previous iterations of it right and just keep it moving forward right right
0: right, right. All right, so let's continue here. Um, So Sam continues, says, fundamentally, playing a card as a resource is sacrificing an option, and that generally doesn't feel good. This specifically is why I think this mechanic is a red flag. I I don't know if I'd go that far, in all honesty, personally. (laughs) To me, it suggests that the designers don't understand that designing a game is about crafting an experience and that they need to focus on the emotions of players And it suggests that instead, they believe they're creating a puzzle and prioritize strategic nuance over the emotional experience. It's easy for someone... I want to finish this. I want to finish this paragraph first. No, no, I know. I, I know. It's easy for someone who's prioritizing strategic depth to believe a game is just better if all of your cards are spells and you have to place them as resource because the players get more agency and they're rewarded for sculpting their game plan and anticipating their needs. What, 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 what do you think there, Jim? What do you think? What do you think? It's
1: <laughs> Dan, you know what also doesn't feel good? Uh, yeah. What? Um, <laughs> when you just get so mana screwed yeah. or flooded and, uh, you know, you go from not having to worry about what card it is you're playing as a resource to... I just lost the game because I (laughs) can't play the game. Well, hang on. (laughs) I want to read this next sentence, okay? This next sentence
0: says, the problem is that this overlooks the cost of this as an experience. So, so far, and and again, I I, I don't want to jump the gun here, okay? But so far, it seems like, we're focusing on the feels bad of oh man I don't get to play this card I just have to put it face down as a resource. To me, there's so much more other drawbacks yeah. than just that. Oh man, I got I got I I have to make a hard choice of what of what to put down as a resource yeah. like that. And all honesty, that's something I can, I can get over it. Yeah, and I have gotten over it many times. Yeah, but if we're saying Okay I, it's just
1: <laughs> this is honestly to me the funniest paragraph in the whole
0: Beca- I, I mean I does
1: post so far.
0: does he think that the designers of Lorcana and other games that utilize systems such as Lorcana that <laughs> don't utilize understand. that they don't <laughs> understand the emotions of their players like oh, man. I like that's <sighs> something I'm like I don't think I can get there yeah I do but, not think I can get no there way. because they're look. I specifically talked to multiple designers, and we've touched on this exact topic. And, yes, I I can tell you, yes, at least from the ones that I've talked to, Mm -hmm. yes, they do think about the emotions of their players. It's just they have evaluated it. They have evaluated those experiences and those emotions in a completely different way than sam is suggesting in this specific paragraph
1: yeah and honestly i think it's simple if it's a problem for you to in the middle of a game to be deciding which cards to be getting utilizing as a resource rather than just like oh i have this land to put down you're a bad player you're a bad player who can't adapt <laughs> you uh shouldn't be playing the game and you call yourself a pro it's you're not right you're wrong <laughs> shots fired <laughs> but in in all honesty like I love complexity but please don't make me do a difficult decision
0: that yeah like again he makes very good points here in this article, but there's so many times I'm just like,
1: yeah, I think this post which, is a red flag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, and again, look, the response on Twitter is like LSV, Brian Kibler. There have been people who've been in the industry for a long time yeah. who very, like, very much agree with his with yeah. the standpoint. Which, again, I,
1: like. I mean there's stuff I'm, in here I agree, but I'm, like, yeah, I'm not can't... gonna
0: say, I'm not gonna say like they're all wrong, yeah. right? Because again, like they they've they're in in all honesty, yeah. these guys are all industry giants. Like they've yeah. been here for a long time. Yeah. But again, I think we're at a time in, in the TCG landscape where I mean look, we we've specifically talked about how we think Lorcana is in all for all intents and purposes a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like I don't think every TCG needs the complexity that Magic the Gathering offers or provides.
1: Especially when they've stated it from the beginning that this will not be as complicated as magic. Right.
0: Right. Right. So I I don't think games that utilize different resource systems, for me it's not it's not an inherent red flag. Like again, I can for like all of these points I can understand. Like I can understand to an extent. It's Mm -hmm. just like this paragraph right here I'm just like this one is messing with me. I I'm just like dude, I, I don't I I don't think I agree. I yeah. I just I don't think I agree. And that's and that's fine and that's okay, right? Um okay. So he continues here in this paragraph in this point, okay? says when playing a resource is a hard decision it will require time to think about for your opponent that's just a loading screen a time where nothing's happened so they don't have anything to do or think about they're just waiting for you to weigh your your hidden options when both players are doing this a large portion of the mental effort in the game is going into solitary play, planning about how you expect the game to go significant how you expect the game to go significantly before anything happens this Mm -hmm. makes the game feel less interactive than a game where your mental energy is going into directly reacting to your opponent's plays okay i i I can understand that Mm -hmm. like i i don't think there's anything wrong there okay also all this energy is is going into giving something up which isn't typically fun because you still feel like you have less than you did before Mm -hmm. and nothing exciting happened there wasn't any new discovery the bottom line for me here is that games can only ask for so much mental energy and that this is fundamentally the wrong place to ask it because it's so insular. This kind of problem solving is much better suited to a puzzle than an interactive game. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think about all that stuff there, Jim? What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, he's definitely correct with the, yeah. the loading screen. There's time happening where, because it's happened in our games, oh, yeah, where I'm for like, sure. what I'm playing. Uh, when I'm For playing sure. Alpha Clash, I don't think it's happened too much in Lorkana, Um, but then again, I haven't used a constructed deck at all.
0: But again, and and I think all of this also goes to how familiar are you with your deck yeah. and your strategy?
1: Yeah, yeah. especially in like...
0: So, I don't think that's inherent to any one game. I yeah. think that's just inherent to every game where you're playing a deck where you don't, you're not familiar yeah, with if it. If
1: you're not familiar with it, or if the meta is like brand new, you don't even know what deck you're versing, then that's also a problem. True. Right. But if you know exactly the deck you're versing, um, then you're kind of just like, okay, I know I'm not really going to be utilizing these cards. I don't have to worry about this until later stages of the game. Right. And then at that point, I mean, I'm playing four of it. I should see it at some point right. um, down the line. And it's, yeah, it's like, yes, it's a problem. And uh, some some of the stuff is is true. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that he said here that, that I don't agree with. Yeah. Like, I think he's pretty much right. Okay. Yeah. And so... Un- I understand, agree, I, th- I think he he, nits, he nails it on the head yeah. here for the most part, okay?
1: The emotional experience <laughs> from the last <laughs> paragraph? Yeah. It hurts my emotional yeah. experience reading that paragraph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, his
0: last point, okay, which I don't know about this, okay? <laughs> Land- <laughs> All right, so the point is lands increase the variance of your draws, which makes draws more exciting, Jim, let me ask you, let me ask you a question here. Okay. How excited have you ever been that you've drawn a land on
1: the last couple turns of a game? Honestly, Dan, there's no better feeling. <laughs> 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 when you're like, oh, I know I need my answer. I got three left into the deck. I'm in the bottom 50%. It's gotta be there. Nope. No, it's not. So you ju- we just talked about a roller coaster of emotions, right? Yeah. Obviously drawing lands it's an at those emotional experience that yeah. I hope to never see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like to me, it's like, well, if we can just cut out that bottom of that roller coaster, yeah. like, wouldn't that be a good thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> so when I read that sentence, that's where my mind initially goes. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this point here. Okay. Drawing cards is one of the most fun parts of TCGs. You never know if you're going to draw the card you need and discovering which card you draw and thinking through the new options it presents is exciting.
1: The new options when you draw into a land.
0: (laughs) Continue, because
1: playing lands are easy. You have so many options,
0: you just play it.
1: Mental birding gone.
0: In Magic, sometimes the card you draw is essentially blank because it's a land that you don't have a use for, which can be disappointing. But I think the wider range of possible outcomes makes draws a little more exciting as a whole. I... I don't know if I D&M agree with that. I don't know if just I agree with cut. that.
1: <laughs> cut or done. I,
0: I, I can understand how you arrive at that conclusion. I can understand how you arrive there. I just don't think I agree. Yeah. yeah. On balance, this is admittedly a very small advantage, as there will always be some cards that don't matter at whatever stage of the game you're at and others you want to draw. But when considering trade-offs of, it, of increasing variance, I think it's worth acknowledging that increasing variance does make draws a little more fun. Jim, I'm going to ask you, does increasing variance makes drawing cards more fun,
1: a little more fun? Guys, you don't want variance if you're playing competitively. That's,
0: and that's where I'm like...
1: You want as much <laughs> consistency as possible.
0: That, and that's where I'm like, wait... Uh, look, I love playing card games. Okay, I don't like the randomness and variance. But why do you play? Com- why do you play Commander then, Dan? I don't know, just because I have friends who like to play Commander, all right? I don't play, give me a hard time, I all right? Play
1: com- we play Commander socially, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> it's
0: like drinking socially. <laughs> Look, I'm not I don't there. drink, but
1: I just drink socially, I'm okay? I'm not there to play <laughs> magic. I'm not there to yeah. play Commander. I'm there, I'm there- to hang exactly. out with the boys there we and go. mess around. There we go. All right, I play Talran, but it's not to... <laughs> I had a conversation with the guy at Nova's wedding the other day. For real? Uh, we were talking about Commander. I'm like, oh, I play Talran. He's like he instantly hated me. Okay, and I'm like, hold Under- on a understandable. second. Understandable. Hold on a second. Okay, <laughs> and I'm telling him like the experience our playgroup has. Oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, they hate me, but I'm like, you. If, if they're going to tell me, it's like, hey, this is going to be real fun. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or it's like. You can get Jim on your side Or it's like, easy. you hate me until you need me to stop the person <laughs> yeah. going off. And then you're going to be happy I'm true. there.
0: True. Right. I can speak from experience, guys. 100% <laughs> right? like, true. I'm not
1: there to win. I'm there to get second place. <laughs> because yeah. honestly, it's more fun for me to have other people enjoying the game. So.
0: Yeah, agree. All right. Well, let's continue here because he, he's got he's got some good points here. Okay? okay. All right. He says, this increased variance also makes it more likely that the weaker player wins, which is important. Outside of a tournament where, where there are external incentives for winning, I think almost everyone will have more fun overall if the outcome of a game is less of a foregone conclusion. Playing chess against someone you know is significantly better or worse than you isn't very fun because the same person always wins if you regularly play games with the same people you want you want there to be enough variance that that anyone playing can win any particular game the closer in skill you are the less variance is needed to accomplish that but in general more variance is safer to make sure the outcome won't be a foregone conclusion card players often complain about variance but historically all the games that don't have enough variance where the better player wins too often haven't been successful interesting Inter- wow. interesting points <sighs> i i kind of i kind yeah. of agree with him because hmm. i'm going to be much i'm going to be much less apt to sit down and play a game against somebody mm-hmm. who i know is better and just is gonna it's just it's just an auto lose right so from that standpoint i I, I, um, I, get I guess I can understand. I guess that.
1: I'm more so just trying to think of like what are these other like what are the other games that don't have enough variants?
0: Well, I mean, over the over the years, are you talking about in TCGs or just like uh, well, other? that's
1: as like a whole, I guess. Um,
0: I mean, chess is a big one. I mean, I think chess is probably going to be your most um, your most famous example, probably. Mm. Other games, I, that's a I mean, poker. Well, no. There's a ton of there's a ton of variants of poker. Super Unless, soon. well, hang on. But um, but like again, like you you talk you talk to uh, uh, good. Pl- I I I'm terrible at poker. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, but the thing
0: is, like, like it's play the man. Like I watch suits. Okay, you play yeah. the man. not the cards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you play the man. So it's like, yeah, you can outplay them or like lie to their face. Right.
0: Right. About right. it's
1: like essentially what it is. You have. Right. But if someone all ins you. Pre flop, and it's just like, uh, is that not a variance? Right? You don't know what they got. True. You know what you got. You yeah. don't know what's out on yeah. board. I don't know po- I don't
0: know if poker's a good example. Like, I don't know if I don't know if poker's a like good that's example. Huge. That's because I huge think variance. I think I think poker is a very successful yeah. Yeah. one yeah. that has a ton of variance, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Cuz there's um, so many times a weaker player can win. Oh, 100%, a 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah.
0: For sure.
1: Chess is kind of like, all right, yeah, the stronger player. No,
0: right. The stronger is player, player normally gonna, wins, unless right. it's
1: like, you know, with, between if we're talking ELO system, right. roughly like right. five hundred point different or right. you know, depending on how high right. it is.
0: But I mean like if, if you've like if there's a game that you're pretty good at mm-hmm. and like, oh hey, honey, you wanna come down and play this game with me? No, you're just gonna beat me and I'm yeah. gonna lose. Yeah. They're not gonna play with you yeah. if you if they know they're gonna like lose. fighting
1: games, I understand. That, yeah. Like if we're going sure. based off video games, sure, there's not a lot of variance. It's just sure. like okay, the, the better we are, skilled player more and skilled than win. you in right. this. Right. In this situation, so right. we're just gonna win, right? So, video games make sense to me, sure. Card games, um, I mean, but again, I think there's other reasons that they just again, fade off
0: again, but also we're talking about like a 20 year history, 20 to 30 years of, of yeah. card games because there have been a lot that have been that have come and go. Yeah. right? I, <sighs> I couldn't tell you the reason that some that some yeah. games have come and gone, yeah, right? V, like, not having enough variants could very well be one of the reasons that they did end up falling yeah. off, but I'm I don't have
1: that data in and front of me to, to. And it's also tell like I, I, will then also think about sports. It's kind of like, well, if you're an overall stronger team, you're going to beat the weaker teams like nine out of ten times.
0: Ah. Depends on what game you're talking about, though. I mean, like, and that's what makes. I think that's what makes sports games super intriguing. Because
1: at that point, the variance is how many players you now have on a team. Well, but, or but again,
0: but think think about hockey. Like, yeah. like with those small goals. I mean, it'll hit. It'll hit the. It hits the post. Right, There's, but it, well,
1: I mean, hockey's super skill based.
0: True. Yeah. True. But I but would, again, I would
1: argue one of the highest skills. Uh, based for right sports. but it's
0: not a foregone conclusion yeah those games are that's why they play they're yeah. those 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 finals are never foregone conclusions mm. and it, i mean let's let's be honest the the more exciting games are usually the one when the weaker team wins like yes. normally normally yes, yes. right
1: yeah, that's so usually
0: from that standpoint i think he's got a point mm. like I, I very much think he's got a point there okay um so, all right, let's continue. He's got a few more paragraphs left, okay? It says, My inspiration for writing this, that I recently attended Gen Con, where, of course, I demoed a game that uses face-down cards from your hand as a resource. There were other things I liked about the game, but that was too much of a red flag for me to want to get involved. Having been in the industry for so long and having seen so many new games come and go since the mid 90s, I feel like a lot of the same mistakes keep getting repeated. So I wanted to talk about why one of the most common is so problematic. Notably, the game I demoed was not Lorcana, but Lorcana also uses this mechanic. Lorcana has the advantage that only certain cards can be played as resources, which is a significantly is a significant improvement. It simplifies the decision about which card to play as a resource and means that cards can be designed such that the cards you you'd never want to feel like you have to play as a resource just can't be. Mm-hmm. And adds some of the advantages of lands and deck building in considering how your deck is constructed. I think this simple change does a lot to reduce my concerns, but I still see the mechanic as a whole as a strike against the game. Mm-hmm. So that is how he finishes up the article. Uh, Jim, I want to. What's your overall takes from from that article? What do you think?
1: Overall, <laughs> I mean, he's he's not wrong, right? Yeah, I, I <laughs> on, think you're on right. a lot of the stuff. I think you're right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's something I agree with in every single one of his points. Yep. Some things I'm just like, all right, really, really. Yeah. But uh, overall, I mean, yeah, it's it's really well written. It makes a lot of sense as well. Um, it's a, it is a really good, really good. Do you, do you think a lot of these points
0: just come from playing magic for so many years?
1: I, I can see it
0: (laughs) because again, like I think, I think someone who's new to the industry and new to TCGs as a whole, Mm -hmm. I think they're at a significant advantage because they have, they see games that have been around magic, Lorcan, not Lorcan, magic, Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then they see newcomers onto the block. more notably um Lorcana, Star Wars Unlimited, and Alpha Clash, right? Yeah. And they get to see all of these games and then are again, if they're very smart, they'll play everything and then just have their own opinion, and say, okay, well here's what I like here, 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 and here and they're like they just don't have that bias yeah. right and i'm not saying sam has that bias but i think he kind of does <laughs> i think anyone who's played magic for more than 20 years has some sort of bias yeah, yeah. and i don't think they're i don't think they're going to get away from that and again that's not a bad thing like yeah. i'm not saying that's a bad thing okay i think that's a very good thing because it just that means they are very knowledgeable on magic mm-hmm. and the strengths and weaknesses that the game and the game system inherently have okay yeah. i mean when we talked to todd last week i mean that was i mean that's somebody who's been playing magic for a long time yeah. and like yeah. he's still super intrigued and interested in lorcana mm-hmm. okay and the fact that lorcana is able to it is is literally bringing magic people over and not necessarily dropping magic but mm-hmm. like more like supplementing it i've i've said this before and i think i think the the word supplement is a a very good word to to use um, for for magic players because mm-hmm. they're not dropping it, but they're ju- they're supplementing their experience. Some people work- have
1: no problem eating the exact same meal every single day True. for twenty years. True. Yeah. You know, do you? I a, get it. Do you? What do you, do you? have a problem with that? No. No.
0: No. You're good with that. You could do that.
1: I mean, I I'll, I'll eat a cheeseburger every single day, Dan. <laughs> 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 I,
0: I had a i had my a yearly uh, checkup today at the doctor
1: yeah
0: and they were asking about uh food and they were like do, do you have a problem like overindulging i'm like no nah, i mean maybe sometimes yes <laughs> like maybe sometimes i overindulge but uh normally i just eat what my wife cooks and like it's pretty it's pretty simple to just you know eat what's on the table in yeah. front of me then yeah. going out to mcdonald's every day and overindulge because <laughs> i would do that and that would be a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah. Um yeah, so overall I really like the article. Again, I think I think for me, there's everything here. There's a bunch of there's a lot of stuff that I agree with and there's a few stuff that I disagree with as well. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, again, I really think he just approaches the entire concept from a deck builder's perspective. And I it seems to be he likes building decks and wants those interesting choices to be had in the deck building process. Yeah. And then when you're not given those those choices, I get it. When it when you when it comes time to play, yeah, you feel bad putting down a card you want. You'd rather play. Like yeah. I get that, I can understand that. But for me, I think there's too many negatives of getting land screwed, getting mana screwed, getting flooded. Those, yeah. those emotional experiences are much more detrimental to me than crap. Which card do I got to play face down <laughs> as a resource? Like. Yeah, those are hard decisions sometimes. I get mm-hmm. that. But give me that over dude, I can I literally can't do anything. Yeah. I wh- what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's it's difficult because, well, because I've been everywhere. Because
0: you're also the type of person who are like, man, I don't want to think about this.
1: Yeah, that's also yeah. you. Yeah, oh, 100 <laughs> like, percent. There's some games where I'm just like, I don't want to think about it. Just like throw it out there, right? Um, but I've played every single different part of like this. I've I've played Magic. I've played Yu Gi Oh. That doesn't pretty much utilizes no resources, right, right. As a system, um, I've. I've played games where every single card in there could be used as a resource and I wasn't the biggest fan of the game um, but somehow like in the middle uh, of right where Lorcana is at of yeah. most of the cards can be used as a resource right. some of them cannot uh, or yeah don't or yeah can't be used and it's it is fun figuring out all right. Well, now let's figure out this ratio of exactly how many I'm right. gonna, going to utilize in which cards. Right. So it's I. I like having no resources. I like having resources. Yeah. But I don't like having too many possibilities as resources, which. Um, so yeah, some of the card games, you know, kind of steer me away from. It.
0: Right, right, and this is where I think digital card games have an inherent
1: advantage. That's I was also going to bring up digital card because games
0: because again, like I've been, I've been playing a lot of DC Dual Force. Dude, yeah. I love that game, man. That game is <laughs> for me. It's it's so much fun. I I hope it just continues to grow and get better. Um, I'm wanting to do more content around that game. But like when that that game, when I'm building my deck, I don't have to think about resources. But you are offered resources because there's three sisters. Four tiers, free, bronze, silver, and gold. That's how much your cards cost. And then every turn, you have two resources, and then every turn, one of your two resources gets upgraded. Like, it's a very unique system. Mm -hmm. Like, the top end is one gold and one silver. You start with one bronze. So turn one, one bronze. Turn two, two bronze. Turn three, a silver, a bronze. Turn four, two silver, and then a gold and a silver. There's one card in the game called 10th Metal. It's silver, but it says generate a gold. So oh, most oh, oh, oh. so on the on the top end you can only play one gold card a turn. Yeah. But if you if you run tenth medal, you can play two gold cards, yeah. and that's a huge tempo swing. Oh, yeah. A huge tempo swing. <laughs> and so like as a card game player, I think guys, I think you need to play like play everything. Yeah, like just play the whole game because you got games like Hearthstone, Legends of Runeterra. Yep. Those are two similar systems, but also very unique and different. Mm-hmm. Because Legends of Runeterra, you get up to like three left over into your spell. All mana, yeah. like there's just there's so many systems and guys like there's still so much more that we haven't seen yet
1: too. So it's I got crazy. a fu- I got a funny story. Yeah. Uh, so my sister started getting back into magic. Okay. Um, and she her friends were like, oh yeah, you can play on Arena, blah blah blah. I know she doesn't wa- listen to the podcast because otherwise she would know about arena at this point (laughs) Uh, so so uh she's telling me and she's like oh but it wasn't working on my computer like she uh she uh she uh she has a mac (laughs) and uh she didn't know (laughs) that i'm like jay max aren't known for gaming and they're known for not being able to play games (laughs) and so she's like i didn't know that and then uh her friends she can run windows on it (laughs) (laughs) then her friends are like oh well if you can't do that one uh try try hearthstone and so she goes to download it and, and as she like clicks the icon it just keeps like buffering or loading whatever the yeah, little yeah. movement is yeah. and uh and it just wasn't opening and so she's not able to do any of the blizzard stuff as well and i'm like <laughs> i'm not surprised like jane you're running a mac dude <laughs> and so and so she downloaded it on her phone, and she was playing it. She she got through the Heartstone? tutorial, yeah, Hearthstone, okay. and uh, which I need to tell her Arenas also on the phone. Yep. And uh, so she was playing through the tutorial. She's like, "Oh, I beat the tutorial." He's like, I died to the guy twice, but I beat the tutorial. <laughs> I'm like, great, dude.
0: Way to go, Jamie. I'm so Keep glad
1: it up. You started your journey. We're proud of you. And soon you'll be getting a different type of laptop, I'm sure. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Yeah. So, um,
0: so with that, we're going to kick it over to you guys. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with Sam? Do you disagree? What do you think of those four points? Do you think he nailed each and every one on the head or do you think he's just way off, man? What do yeah. you guys think? Let us know. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you think. If you're listening, shoot us an email. Leave a leave a comment on the podcast as well. Uh, interested to know what you guys think. Very interested to know. Hmm. So with that, we're going to move on to our favorite segment called... What's, what's our favorite segment? Card of the Week. Ooh. Card of the Week. I still, We got to come up with Card a Card of the Week. Card of the Week. What what was what was card that? The week. What is it? What was that jingle again? Was it a? Uh, what was it called? From it's weird.
1: Was, it's, was that oh funny?
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's what Jake did. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. We're gonna go with that. So, all right, oh, this man. week's card of the week is another Disney Lorcanic card. Man, we've just been going off with the Lorcanic cards, we haven't have. we? Uh, this week, we're talking about probably. Probably one of the best control cards in set one. Ooh. And that's Elsa, Spirit of Winter. So Elsa, Spirit of Winter is a legendary card. She is an uninkable eight cost, four, six, three. So four strength, six willpower, three lore. She's Elsa, Spirit of Winter. She's a floodborn hero, queen, sorcerer. So she's got four classifications. She has shift six, so you can pay eight or you can pay six to uh, to play here on top of another Elsa card. Yep, yep. And she has the ability deep freeze. When you play this character, exert up to two chosen characters they can't ready at the start of their next turn. Ooh, that's good. And she also has the flavor text says ice is strength. Ice is stronger oh, than you may think. It did look like an A at first. It, it did, yeah. It's
1: stranger than you. Yeah, think. <laughs> it could go either way. So, Jim, what's your, what do you think of uh, Elsa Spirit of Beautiful Winter? Beautiful card, Dan. I love almost every single Elsa card in the set.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about the one that you don't
1: like because <laughs> I probably agree with you. Uh-huh. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Like this card. This card is amazing. Uh, decent body on it, and then the three lore, that's gonna end the game quick. Yeah. Um... But it, that's and but that's not why you're playing her though, I don't know. No, think. no. It's really not. No. Like to be able to tap or exert up to two of them to then be able to attack with your stuff, right? And then they still can't quest on the following that's turn the thing. if they're not dead. That's a thing. Then like you can attack again. There's so much you can do with this. That's
0: the thing. Like even you don't even have to attack into them this yeah. turn.
1: Like it's it's a huge tempo swing, huge tempo swing.
0: Like it's it it's oh it's crazy, dude. It's yeah. it's
1: it's insane. It provides it provides a lot of versatility.
0: It's it's defensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's offensive. Mm-hmm. She's offensive with that three lore, right? Yeah. But defensive, it's just like there's yeah. so much here that is just it's a it's a control player's dream card. Yeah. It really is. Yeah.
1: The only variance she doesn't get is to put her as a resource. But honestly, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do that. If I'm rocking four cards of her, I want to play every single copy. Correct. I do every single copy
0: multiple times if if I could. Oh yeah, for real. So, um, I I was uh looking at Facebook the other day, um, because there's there's a deck currently. It's it's a Ruby Amethyst Control list. okay? Okay. Um, we'll probably feature. Well, I'll probably do a deck tech on it at some point. Um, but it's once that, uh, once I, once I build it out, um, I want to look and see what what like what all the different versions are out there. There was a like one of the versions that I wanted to run was the version with the pocket watch. Yeah. It gives. It, you can pay three and exert it. I think pay three or one. I can't remember, uh, but you can pay a certain number of resources, exert the watch, and then give one of your things rush. It's okay? three
1: cost. You can t- uh, tap and pay one, pay one. Okay. Thank you.
0: Um, so like, I was thinking about running that in the deck as well. Like, f- um, but there were people who were saying, if you're running Elsa spirit of winter at your top end, maybe you should consider running Ursula, on your top end instead. And I'm thinking, I, I, why would I want to run Ursula instead Wait. of... Elsa. So Ursula. Ursula. Correct. Ursula's a seven drop. So uninkable seven cost, also an amethyst, two, eight, three. So two strength, eight willpower, three lore. Yeah. She's Ursula power hungry. She's a sorcerer, sorry born villain. And then with has the ability, it's too easy. When you play this character, each opponent loses a lore. You may draw a card for each one lore lost this way.
1: So ETB most likely draw a card.
0: But again, like It'll I still one. don't think Ursula's better because, like, I can I can think you can think of Elsa in in the, in a similar way, okay? Yeah. And what I mean by that is Ursula says when she, you play her, each opponent loses a lore. Well, if you think about Elsa in that way, you Elsa could very easily read your opponent just can't gain six lore next turn. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's Elsa is just a much larger tempo swing because that's how you—that's how we're looking at Ursula. Yeah, sure. And in one-on-one, draw one card. <laughs> one-on-one, draw one card, so she replace yourself in your hand, right? And then also, okay, just lose a lore. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's just not as—it's as, not, not good enough. It's not good, not enough. good enough on it your top end.
1: Stop them from potentially winning the game next mm-hmm. turn. I mean, sure, if they're one lore off. It's like, yeah, all right, yeah, sure, they didn't win the game. But if we're talking we're at the point of turn eight, even right. further beyond, that one lore isn't really going to matter. I correct, I agree. And I agree. the draw one card after just playing it for seven cost, uh, you're not gonna have a lot more resources to just be playing whatever right. it is that you draw right. into. Right, right. Potentially.
0: Yeah. So um if you if you're running Amethyst Ruby Control <laughs> I mean, are you running Ursula or are you running Elsa? And I think, I think you run Elsa. Yeah. I mean, do you run both? I don't know if you run both. I, I, it, I, I would could see it. It, de- it depends on your deck. Like it depends on what you're wanting to do with your yeah, deck. Yeah. Because all, they both,
1: they both can end games, especially sure. if you evolve the Elsa or sorry, shift the Elsa. Uh, turn six turn seven play an Ursula turn eight, play another Elsa like you can have some really crazy turns right and then just like oh tap for three tap for six tap for nine games over
0: right right
1: right so yeah I can see it yeah
0: it depends on what it depends on what you're wanting to with the deck I just yeah. don't know that Ursula fits in ruby amethyst control
1: yeah would I rather play for the seven drop Ursula or Dr. Facilier I would rather play Facilier, probably. Get me back my cards.
0: <laughs> and again, just my play style. I mean, dude, there's so many decks that I just want to play Facilier. Yeah. Like, I want to do Dr. Facilier something. Dr. <laughs> Facilier and something. Like, yeah. Dr. Facilier Agent Provocateur is oh, probably one of so my favorite good. cards from the set, in yeah. all honesty. Yeah, he's amazing. I, there's so many. He has so much potential.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So much potential Plus, with his other two smaller versions, it's just so much potential.
1: You know, it might be better than drawing a card, swinging and getting your Elsa killed to then be able to play her again. again.
0: Oh, my goodness. Seriously, dude. (laughs) Yeah. For real. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, Elsa, Spirit of Winter, this week's card of the week, Beautiful. phenomenal card. Uh, I remember, I remember months ago when we were talking about the only legendary we knew was Gantu, and we were like, "What do these <laughs> legendaries even mean? They're not even good cards." <laughs> And now we have turns all out of them. Turns, yeah. Yeah, turns out that was a lie. turns out that was a lie. And I'm happy that was a lie. Yeah. I'm very, very happy that, that that it was a lie. So yep. anyway, also Spirit of Winter, this week's card of the week. And Jim's probably Jim's favorite card from the set. Would you agree? What do you think? Uh, yeah, she's, yeah, up, that's there. Thought, yeah. she's <laughs> up there. Yeah, I thought. She's up
1: there. Definitely the most gorgeous card in yeah, the entire set.
0: Uh, most gorgeous enchanted version. I mean, as well. Uh, what, what are you calling them, Jim? What is it called?
1: Uh, oh, these are secret Seeker rares. rares. <laughs> uh, Rainbow rares. You hear that, Ryan? You hear that, Ryan? Man, That's he's, right. not, he's not watching this. That's right. I'm gonna. We're gonna clip this. I'm gonna send it right to him and say, Steve, make sure oh, you send that. this to Ryan. Uh, they're enchanted.
0: They're so. <laughs> so like, we're gonna edit that out. <laughs> So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out with us today. Um, I've been looking forward to diving into this article for a while and finally glad that we've been able to sit down and go through that (laughs) article. Um, but yeah, anyway, also Spirit of Winter this week's card of the week. I don't even remember what card of the week number we're on. 60-something, I think. 172. <laughs> so yeah, it's That's just up it. there. So anyway, uh, before we get out of here, Jim, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, at Jim Morgan HNH.
0: You guys can find me on Twitter at underscore Campbell. Instagram, you Head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com. You can find links to all of our social content there. Uh, YouTube, Dot com slash hobbies and happiness. uh We're on Twitter at hobbies and happy. Uh, but yeah, if you head over to our website, you can find links to pretty much everything there. Uh, excited to get back into content. I was talking to Jim. We've been <laughs> we've been doing podcasts now for for a couple of weeks since we've been back. But I've like taken. I mean, we're this is going to go live in September. But I kind of like took August off from like <laughs> creating content, and I like. My mind, my brain kind of needed that. I needed that break. But I'll tell you, dude, it's good to get back. I'm rip-roaring, ready to go. Oh, also, this podcast goes live my first week of my new job. Oh, awesome. So I'm starting... Starting a new job. I When this goes live, I would have already started. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited. New chapter in my life. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Damn. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back to creating content mm-hmm. and uh, playing card games, dude. A lot of fun. So thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us this week. And we will catch you in the next episode. See you, everybody. Take care.